The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Today's daf is being studied Yosef ben Sarah, Rabbi Abraham ben Esther, Ruach Hashem Tenichem began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied for Ash Shlema, Shlomo ben Miriam, Sarabat Rachel, Sarabat Rachel. Inna refan lahim, inna refan lahim, inna refan lefet nefesh, ufat aguf, ufat amker ubalabo. Vechini rasum v'lomar Amen. We're holding today on daf Samech Bet, and we are eight lines. From the top, Rabbi Hama Bar Rabbi Hanina Ikla Lahu Atra Bizman Shukpelu Rov Mkutsaot Rav Hama Bar Rav Hanina Rabbi Hanina got to a certain place already at the time where they put away the knives, which means the fig season was over. The knives that they used to use to make the cakes uh, of the pressed figs, they put them away, which we learned earlier that at that point over there anybody can go into the fields and take the uh, figs because they become ownerless so he's eating, he was eating the figs so he gave some figs to his uh, servant he wouldn't eat he told him to eat he said I learned already that once already they put the knives away, it's mutar, meaning there's no, no stealing anymore, it's considered hefker, and you don't even have to give masrot. Because we learned yesterday that on things that are hefker, there is no obligation of masir. Rabbi Tarfon, Ashkehaya hu gavra bizman shukpilu amkutsot vekachil. Rabbi Tarfon went to a certain field, field at the time of the hukpilu uh, amkutsot, where the knives were already put away, and he was eating figs. So there was a certain uh, security guy there in the field watching the field. That's the Hahu Gavra, that's that fellow. So he saw the Bittafun eating the uh, figs. He wasn't too happy. So he took the Bittafun and he put him in a sack, put him in a, in a bag. And he lifted him up. And he was planning on throwing him in the river. He's going to kill the Bittafun. He put him in the bag and he's going to deposit it in the river. So he said, Amar, actually, take out the word Lo, Amar, Oi Lo Litterfon. He said out loud, Woe to Horgo. This guy's going to kill him. I'm, I'm, he said, I'm, I'm dead. So the fellow heard, he didn't know that it was Rabbi Tarfon. He thought it was some Ganav came into the field and started eating figs. So he's going to kill him. So the Bitterfon said out loud, Well, woe to Tarfon, this is it. So the guy heard, Oh my God, this is uh, the Bitterfon over here. He left him. So it says, Shavkeve Arak. And he, he ran, he ran. And he, he left the Bitterfon, and the guy ran away. The rest of the life of that Sadiq, the Bitterfon, it bothered him, this episode. Not that he almost died, but Amar Torah. Woe to me that I use the crown of Torah for my personal benefit. Because the only reason why he saved me was because I said, Woe to Tarfon. Who's Tarfon? Tarfon's a rabbi. So he says that he felt bad that you're not supposed to use Torah for personal gain and personal benefit. He says, I used the crown of Torah to save me. So that, uh, that bothered him. 
כל המשתמש בחטרה של תורה נעקר מן העולם. That anybody that uses the crown of Torah, again, for personal benefit, he's uprooted from the world. Kalvachomer, we make a Kalvachomer. Uma Belshassar. Belshassar was one of the Babylonian kings. Shenishtamesh Bechle Kodesh, he used the holy vessels, he made a party, Belshassar. And at the party, he wore the clothes of the Kohen Gadol, and he also used the Kle Kodesh of the Bet HaMikdash. Shena'asu Chol, which means after the destruction of the Beit HaMikdash, so these uh, vessels, they became unsanctified. So he was just using the Kedek Kodesh, but they weren't Kodesh anymore. Shnei Emar, how do we know that they lost the Kedusha? Because the Pasuk says in Yehazkel, Uba Uba Peritzim, the Peritzim, the, you know, the thieves, went in, the Heleluha, and they uh, deconsecrated everything. So he was using... Can they call us they weren't even holy? However, Kevan Shepatsum Naasuhol, right? Pasuk says once the they pillaged the Beta Megdash, the Beta Megdash and its vessels became unsanctified. And still what? Nearikarmanaulam Bisasar was uprooted. Dikhtiv. Ba Bililya that night that he made the party, Katil Bilshasar. Bilshasar died. So and that's on using something that had holiness to it. But somebody that uses the crown of Torah, that is in existence forever, which means the crown of Torah is still Kodesh. If somebody uses that for personal benefit, all the more so, he's worthy to be uprooted from the world. So comes the Gemara and analyzes the story now. Rabbi Tarfon, he was allowed to eat. Which means he was eating at a time of Hukpelu Amkutsot, which is a time of uh, of Heter. That's already when the fruit is Hefker. Why was the guy giving him a hard time? Which means he was allowed to eat from the figs. So why did the guy think that he's a thief and that he's taking uh, things that are not uh, not allowed? It was the time of Heter. So Mishum de'ahu havu Because this guy was getting stolen from his field grapes all year long. So when he found the bitterfone eating the figs, he thought he was the stealer of the grapes. Which means, he wasn't getting him on the figs. The figs he knew he was allowed to eat. But he said, oh, this must be the guy that's coming into the field and eating the grapes illegally all year long. That's why he got him. So the Gemara says, So then why was the Bittafot so hard on himself? Why, 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 why was he so upset? Why, what's the question? So look at the Ran. Very, very important Ran over here. Which means, if you're going to tell me that really the guy wasn't Macbeth at all, all year long, nothing happened to the guy, and it was only this episode of the figs that he was coming after the Bitarfon, so now I, I can understand why the Bitarfon was upset. Why? Which means he should have told the guy, listen. Don't be upset at me, I'm eating Heter. Which means, if it was just an episode that he was worried that he was eating his figs, we understand the story. 
Because the Mitafun was upset at himself. Well, I could have just explained it to him. I could have told the guy, listen, uh, you know, uh, now I'm allowed to eat the things now. The ina mid lo even if the guy wouldn't have listened to him, dilishlam le au purta. So he would have paid him. You know what? Here's a couple of dollars for the things that I took. And, you know, you could, you could, have, bought, you could have bought his way out of it without having to use his uh, reputation. However, But if you tell me, you know, the guy wasn't going after the Bittafon for the figs. He was going after him for stealing grapes that he didn't do, but stealing grapes for the whole entire year. What did you want the to do in this case? Should Bittafon have paid him an exorbitant amount of money for grapes of the whole year, even though he wasn't obligated? So then the Gibran said, why was the Bittafon so hard on himself? Which means, if it was only the things that the guy was concerned about, okay, the Bittafon had a way out. Pay the guy and see you later. But if you tell me that the guy was not only worried about the figs, the guy was worried about that the grapes were being still stolen all year long, what, do we expect the Bittafon to have to pay so much money uh, that he's not obligated to pay. So the Gemara says, "Mishum ashir gadol haba." Yes, we do expect it. You know why? Because the bittarfon was a very wealthy man. He should have appeased him with money. Now look at the Ran. Way explains it. Since the bittarfon was a rich man, so therefore he should have done it. And that's why he was upset at himself. He said, listen, if that's all it was, I could have paid the guy, you know, so I paid the guy grapes for the whole year, what is it, a thousand dollars, whatever it is. I should have just told him, all right, instead of having to get put in the bag and then use my reputation to get saved. So the Ran speaks out, Biu, Davka b'chai gavda, hu da'asur, mishum da'u gavra adayna ya hoshdo. In this case, over the Bittafon was hard on himself, because the fellow was suspecting the Bittafon. So he was under suspicion, so he used his reputation of Torah to, to save himself. Which means, even after the story, he's still suspected him, by the way. Which means, he let him go because he's a bit of fun. But he, he was hosher. But we're going to see that a person can use Torah to exempt him from things that he's exempt from. For example, the Tamidah Hakim are exempt from taxes. So a person is allowed to come along and say, oh, listen, uh, I'm a Tamid Hakim, I'm not paying the tax. That's okay. I'm not going to pay the taxes. Let me go to the front of the, uh, to the line. Because these things the Torah gave them, this uh, privilege. Like the Kohanim eat Terumot and the Levi eat Maser. Hachamim have a certain privilege to get when it comes to paying taxes and things like that. But in this case over here, the guy was, this is not an entitlement. This over here, the guy was suspecting the Bittar that he stole the grapes. So the Bittar felt bad. Ah, okay, you know what? I could have appeased him. How are you going to appease him? Pay him. Oh, you had to, really has to pay him? He was a very rich man. So the Bittar says, for, for money I could have, instead of having to use my reputation, that I should save myself from a uh, guy that is uh, suspecting me. So comes again what says... Tanya, we have a brighter. First, has to love God. Listen to his you know, word. Attach yourself to Adam. 
So the Pasuk is teaching us like this. A person should not say, Ikra, I'll go learn Humash, I'll go learn Mikra, Shikrauni Hakam. In order that you should be called a Hakam. He's doing it for the title. Ishne, I'll study Mishnayot, Shikrauni Rabbi. So they call me uh, Rabbi. It's a higher uh, title, right? Ishne, I'll study Gemara, Sheye Zaken, Veshe Bishira. So I have a status of a Zakin. Zakin is not an old man. Zakin is a scholar. Zeshekana Chokma. And I sit in Yeshiva. So he's doing it for all the you know, uh, ulterior, uh, ulterior motives. So Learn out of love. Which is learn because that's what a Kaddish Baruch wants. And the Kavod will come in the end. Which means a person should not learn. Uh, initially, in order to get the kavod, you have to learn idealistically. You have to learn because Hashem wants you to learn. Uh, what about the kavod? Uh, this sort of kavod, the kavod, kavod will will follow. So the Gemara comes along and says, "Shnei Imar, Koshlem al Itzbeotecha." It says, "Tie the Torah around your fingers, Kodvem al Luach lebecha." Right, and write it on your heart, which means go study Torah, attach it to yourself. Ve'omed derachia derchenuam. The ways of Torah are pleasant. Which means eventually the Kavod will come. What does it say about Torah? Those that hold up the Torah, they'll be uh, fortunate. As long as you tie it on your finger and you commit yourself to the Torah, eventually the Meushar uh, will come. The, uh, the, the good luck, the good fortune will come. It's going to take a kilomar. Don't, don't study Torah for personal benefit. You know why you should study Torah? So you know it. So you'll be fluent in it. The Pasuk Mishnah says, Tie him around your neck, like a uh, chain. And then the Torah, the Gemara is bringing a proof that the Kavod will eventually come. The ways of Torah pleasantly leads to a pleasantness. Study Torah, do these words for the sake of your Creator. As she says, Ran says, God created you and He commanded you to learn Torah. Study Torah, and again, read them for the sake. The Shem Shema, which means your Kavarat should only be the Shem Shemaim. Do not use the Torah as a crown in order to promote yourself by them. And do not use the Torah like a shovel or a spade in order to, 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 to use it to, to dig. You don't use Torah for personal usage. And we'll see exactly what each one of these Mishadim means. Kavachomer. Uma belshasar shelonesh tamesh ela bechle kodesh naasu kelihone karmana olam. Hamishtamesh bechetrash el Torah. Alachat kama vekama. If belshasar died because he used the kle kodesh and they lost the kedushah. Well, the most of somebody that uses Torah for personal benefit. Alachat kama vekama. So the Mepharshim uh, come over here. And they explain as follows. What does it mean, all these examples, that you shouldn't use uh, Ketrash or Torah? So the Mahal Shalvi explains like this. It says, 
אל תעשה מעטרד את גדל בהם ואל תעשה קורדום להיות עודר בו. בעיר המהרשה, שיש ארבע כוונות בלימוד, יש פור כוונות that a person can have in his learning. ששתיים מהם ראויות, תראו להם ה-worthy, ושתיים פסולות. והן נרמזות פעיותיות אגדל. If you remember the acronym אגדל, א', ג', ד', ל', you remember all four כוונות. What is the א'? הוא הלומד בשביל שיקראו רב ואלוף. Person studying, so they call him רב. אלוף is a, 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 a chief. He wants to be chief. So therefore, א', גימל, הלומד לשם גימול בעולם הבא. גימול, גימל, he's studying in order that he should get reward in עולם הבא. That's good. ד', הלומד כדי לפרנץ עצמו, שלא יהיה דל. He's studying in order that he can make פרנסה, so he doesn't become poor. And למד, הלומד לשם מצוות הלימוד. למד, he's learning for the sake of learning. So therefore, obviously, the א' is no good. You're studying to become a rabbi, no good. גימל, also no good. Uh, no, Gimal, good. You're studying in order to get the word in Alam Abba. Dalit, no good. You're studying in order to make a Pannasa. But Lamid, you're learning the Shem Shemaim. You're learning because Shem uh, told you. So he says, Serve God for the sake of the service. Which means, in order to get reward, not in Alam but to get reward in Alam Abba. Which means, don't use it as a crown so they'll call you to be. We don't use the Torah as a, as a, as a, as a tool, tool of trade, like a, like a spade that you use to, to dig and hoe. You have to study Lilishem Shamayim. So Kavzi Gemaran continues on this subject and says. Now, it should be noted that uh, this obviously opens up a tremendous subject that Tamidah uh, Hachamim, that want to devote their lives to the study of Torah, how are they going to support themselves? So really from this Gemara, the Haramam brings it down as well, Smashma, that even the Tamid Hakam has to find some alternate means of support and not get his uh, stipend from Torah itself. <coughs> However, the Kesef uh, Mishneh on that Rambam and that says it's a suit to take any money and it's a suit to have any benefit so the Kesef Mishneh has a different uh, understanding and he brings the Ayot Birurot that it seems it was the Menahag of Yisrael from you know, time immemorial that there was, was a group of Tamil Hachamim for example whether it was Shivit Levi or whether it was Yisachar Zivulun and there was always those uh, tribes that committed their lives to the Torah. And Yisachar was supported by Zivudun. Because we know that. That was, that was not a new uh, 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 partnership. It was an old concept. That Yisachar studied and Zivudun supported them. So the Ketz Mishnei comes along and says that today uh, the Tabidachim do study Torah and they do receive stipend. And there's uh, many uh, Yishonim that came against the Shita of Harambam uh, when it came to this over here. And the Rambam himself, uh, in a different place, at the end of Shemitan Yovel, also wrote very clearly that anybody that wants to commit themselves to the study of Torah, uh, he has a status of Kodesh Kodeshim. He elevates himself to Holy of Holies. So, even the Rambam himself, it seems, he did recognize that there is a concept that a Tamil Acham can dedicate his life to Torah. In any event, 
maybe the Rambam, but even in that case, was against the taking uh, the money. Now, it should be noted that everybody would agree that if a Tamid Hakam could be self-supportive, he shouldn't take. That's, uh, that's clear. Even according to the case of Mishneh, the person should not take from the community if he's able to do without it. The Kesef is talking about where a person, a young man, wants to devote himself to the study, and he needs to support himself. Now, it should be uh, noted that uh, even the support that's given today for Avnechei Kolel and things like that is minimal. Which means it's a, it's a small amount of money, and it's a tremendous sacrifice that they're making to study Torah for a small uh, stipend. Uh, it has been said that, uh, you know, a, a, a maid uh, well, that works for a week will get more than a uh, yeshiva man. So it's unfortunate when people come along and even for the small amount, I mean, nobody ever becomes rich from, from a kolel check. That, that, that's for sure. So it's unfortunate when people have a ayin la, even on the few hundred dollars a week that a kolel guy gets, and they're questioning, uh, should he get that? Is he, is, is he allowed to take that? And really, it's a zechut for community to, to support Torah. That's the shita of the case of Mishneh. So therefore, I can tell me I have an Ambam. So there's a few answers. There's a case of Mishneh. A case of Mishneh is the Maran, Rabbi Yosef Kara wrote the case of Mishneh. And we know that our loyalty, as much as it is to Harambam, but our loyalty is to Shohan Aruch. Now, although it's not written in the Shohan Aruch, but Rabbi Yosef Kara is the Shohan Aruch, as our usually sack and our bottom line, and we don't follow every... Harambam, and that's uh, clear. Just like in the Halakha section, we don't follow every Harambam. So in the Hashkafa section, we also are not bound to every Harambam Halakha, the Maaseh. For example, Harambam says that a person has to take uh, his meat. If he wants to eat it, it's not enough to salt the meat. You have to make halita. You have to take the meat, and you have to boil it in uh, boiling water. And that's the way the Yemenites eat their meat. They make halita till today. No, we don't make halita on our meat. According to Harambam, our meat is no good. Because we're not making halita, you didn't kosher it, you didn't get the salt out, it doesn't, uh, doesn't work. Uh, so what do you say, Harambam? Elawai, you see, just like in the halachic section, we don't go to every uh, psaq in uh, Harambam. And those loyalists to Harambam, we would ask them to be loyal to Harambam in other areas. Harambam says that if a lady doesn't cover her hair uh, in the laws of Tzini'ut, you have to divorce her and you don't give her a ketubah. Because she's going against that Yehudit. Like the Gemara Ketubot said. Hey, how come you're not coming uh, to promote this Harambam? <laughs> Which means this is also very important. Who should uh, go on a campaign to stick up for Harambam's opinion on covering your hair? Elawa, because this is an opportunity to take a cheap shot at Avrechim and Kolel and things like that. And, uh, you know, you're not going to get too much support from a listener promoting the Rambam uncovering here. But you can rally, rally uh, some support around, uh, you know, taking a cheap shot at a Kolel guy that's making, you know, uh, $12,000 a year. So that's already ra'ayin. That's a stingy eye to, 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 to... And it should be noted that you're right. Once the Kolel guy is self-supportive, you're right, you should say, I'm not taking the check anymore. I should still learn, like, don't, don't use the spade to... That's what it means over on the extra. Which, but, but to live, to get to, to be like, a, like the Gemara says, Shomer Kishu'im. Shomer Kishu'im is a, a guy that's watching cucumbers. That's this menial job, just, to, just in order to, to support. So therefore, Hacham uh, has this in Yabiya Omer as well, Teshuvah. Knowing all the sources, and it means all the Mikorot, as he, as, he, as, he, as he always does. And he says today, 
He says, even more so, says, if a person has an opportunity to study full day in Yeshiva Kedoshah, where he's not going to serve in the army in Israel, or he has a chance to do both, to study half a day, you know, go to the army, so he's doing both, he's serving, he says he should opt for studying all day in the Yeshiva Kedoshah, because to, to, bring, to make Tamidiyah HaChamim, you need today full-time service in the learning. In the olden days, we, we can't imagine how great these uh, scholars were. Uh, Rashi used to uh, be a wine merchant. We can't imagine. How was he able to be so great and write uh, a pirush on every single letter of Torah and still have time to sell wine? And the Hafez Chaim, uh, you know, many years later, had a, uh, a store in Radifah, however long he had the store. But even to entertain uh, making a panazah, with all the work that he did, and all the books that he wrote, and throughout the Talmud, you see the Tanaim, going backwards. They all had the... He was a Sandar, he was a shoemaker. That means he, he supported himself. And you can't imagine how did, they, how did they become so great and splitting their time in making a living. Today, it doesn't work that way. Today, because of the way the world is and the, 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 the lower level that we're on, you can't juggle two things. So if we want Torah scholars and Torah greats, uh, we need to have them uh, uh, learning. Now again, Hacham Yosef, we could take living examples. Hashem Shemim V'chayim. It was a man dedicated his whole life to Torah. He didn't work a day in his life, except for, for the day that he went to work for his father, and Hacham Zalatiyah came to the store and pulled him out of the store and told him, you got to go back to the yeshiva. So I mean, to, who supported him? Obviously he was supported by... Someone, some community, some person, for doing what? For studying Torah. So therefore, whenever we have a question in Halakha, it's not enough just to open up Sefarim. We've got to look. Shimush tamid hachamim. What are the hachamim doing? What are the rabbis in our time doing? And they themselves lived a life of devoting themselves to learning, and uh, they got paid somewhere and supported by uh, some institution. So therefore it's obvious that the anyan of Avrechei uh, Kolel and these uh, people that are devoting their lives to Torah is well documented uh, amongst the poor scheme. And uh, you know, it's not enough to show, to, to show one side of a story. And any time you debate in Torah, it has to be fair. Which means it's not fair to give uh, one side without, uh, you know, the Kesef Rishne is not that far off of the Rambam. It's about two inches off the page. To the left, you could read the Kesef Rishne. So it's unfair just to quote one uh, side of the story, at least give the listener two sides, and then give him the, the, the bottom line. But not to just show, uh, you know, uh, a slanted view. In any event, that's what we're saying over here in this Gemara. The Gemara continues. Amar, it's the second wide line. Amar Ava. Shari Lili Inish Le Ude Nafsha Beatra Deloyad Aile. If Tamil Hakam is allowed to publicize himself or make himself known is better in a place that they don't know him. So the Gibara says, Dikhtiv, Vabadecha Yareta Shem in the Uraf. It seems this was in the story with Eliyahu Navi and Ovadya. And Eliyahu Navi might not have known who Avadiyah the prophet was. So Avadiyah had to say we he was. Hey listen, I'm a God-fearing person from when I'm young, I'm a religious man, you know, whatever. So you see, Tamir HaKam is allowed to reveal himself to other people that don't know him. El HaKasha Derbitarfon. So we're back to the question of Derbitarfon then. He was revealing himself to the, to the guy that was trying to kill him. What did he do wrong? So Gibraltar says, Da'ashir, what's the Vav? 
דרבי טלפון משום דעשיר גדול. ואבלה לפייסה בדמים. Again, רבי טלפון had a way out. He could have paid him off, paid him off, and therefore he felt bad that he opted for using Torah to save his life. רבה רמקטיב. רבה brings a contradiction in פסוקים. One פסוק says, or actually you can read it, רבה רמק. Rava wrote a contradiction. Ketiv, one pasuk says, Va'avadecha yaret Hashem le'urav. That was by Eliyahu Navi. Ovadiah tells Eliyahu Navi that, you know, I'm a God-fearing person from when I'm young. So he, he, he revealed himself. Uchtiv, but another pasuk says, Ya'alilcha azar ve'lo picha. Let others praise you. Ya'alilcha azar. Let the praises come from strangers ve'lo picha. But not from your mouth. Which means you shouldn't praise yourself. So uh, what's going on over here? How did Ovadiah praise himself? Kavaras answers, Depends. In a place where they don't know him, so you're allowed to praise yourself so just so people will know who you are. But in a place where they know you, then already, a person should not give me praise from somebody else and not uh, from yourself. The, the uh, people make a, 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 a light uh, comment on this uh, statement, they read it, that a czar uh, should praise you, a stranger should praise you. Velo, but if they don't, picha, then you, know, you should uh, praise yourself. But of course, that's uh, taking it out of context. Amar Rava, came along and said, Shari ana, which means a person is allowed to say, "Hey, listen, I'm a tamil hakam, sharuli tigrai beresha." Which means, judge my case first. person goes into Bedin. Right? There's a whole line of people uh, in the court. They need your judgment. So, person, listen, I'm a Talmud Hakam. I'd like to go first. Because the Torah entitles the Talmud Hakam like a Kohen. Just like the Kohen gets uh, first uh, rights. The children of David were Kohanim. Now, we know the children of David were not Kohanim. David Amalek was not a Kohen. So what does it mean when it says, Ubnei David Kohanim Ayu? Zma Kohen was the Zion. V'chi Kohanim Ayu. Right, were they Kohanim? Ela, ma Kohen notel baros. Just like the Kohen takes first share. Av tamid hacham notel baros. So to tamid hacham, he takes, you know, the first share. V'chohen minalan. How do we know the Kohen gets the first share? V'chti v'kiddashto. What does it mean Which means when it comes to all Iyanim of Kedushah, the Kohen gets rights. For example, Liftoah Rishon. Which means when it comes to the Sefer Torah, he gets the first Aliyah. Ulbarech Rishon. Which means Berkat Amazon, he gets the Kavot to make the Zimun. Veliton Manayafa Rishon. You're coming to split something evenly. Right? So it's 50-50, you give the Kohen the first option to take the first, uh, the first share. Amar, so it's a sotu tamidachamim. Amar, Rava, shari le l'tzumam b'rabbanan demimar. Tamidacham is allowed to say, lo yahivna achalga. I'm not going to pay the taxes. Because again, the Torah, the hachamim, or the Torah, uh, foregoes or uh, exempts, I should say, Dachamim from paying the tax. You can say, listen, but tell me, I'm not paying the tax. Dichtiv, we have a pasuk. Now, the pasuk is in Ezra. Pasuk says like this Minda below the halach. These are three different types of taxes. 
One tax is called Minda, one is called Belo, one is called Halach. La Shalit He did not uh, charge the Tamidi Hachamim. So now the Gemara explains the three different taxes. The Amarvi with that Minda, what is Minda? Zuminat This is the tax of the king. What exactly is that king? Because uh, a tax that goes to the uh, king himself. Belo, Zu Kesev Gulgulta. That's the head tax. Vehalag zu arnona. Arnona learns pays for the suda for the food of the king. When the king travels from place to place, so everybody's got to chip in to give the king money for his uh, suda, things like that. Well, some say it's a animal tax. They charge according to the person's uh, cattle. In any event, in all these uh, taxes, the Tamidachim here said, Amar Rava Shari lele tzubam rabaran le meimar. A Tamid Hakam is allowed to say. I'm a servant of the fire worshippers. I'm not paying the tax. Now, um, the Ran explains, I'm a servant to the man, to the priest that serves the fire. It seems that the priests and their uh, servants were exempt from taxes. So a person can come along and say, I'm, uh, I'm a servant for the Avodah uh, Zarah, I'm not paying the taxes. It's not considered as if he's admitting to the veracity of Avodah Zarah. We know he's using it as an excuse just to exempt himself from taxes. When it says a rabbi is allowed to do this, even at he's not lying. Which is he's saying, yeah, I am a servant of the of the one that uh, serves the fire. Well, God is like uh, the Torah says, Ish God is uh, eats uh, the fire. God is like a fiery. Uh, that's, that's one of the euphemisms that we say about God. So he could, uh, so, you know, technically, he could play with the words and make it like uh, he's not uh, lying, but he can use that language in order to exempt himself. And it's not considered modeh What's the reason? He's doing it to chase the lion away from him. He's got to save himself. Someone's coming after his money. So in order to save himself, he's allowed to say such a statement and they'll exempt him. Labashi had a certain field, a forest to be exact. Trees. So he sold the trees to this Avodazara group that worships the fire, where they're technically going to take the wood, and they're going to chop it down and burn it for uh, he sold it to them so he gave what I says what do you mean, you're putting a stumbling block in front of a blind man, which means you're setting him up to worship you're giving them the trees to serve this he told them, listen the majority of trees are used just for fuel. I don't have to assume that they're going to use these trees specifically for the Abu Dazarab. The majority of people use trees for other things. And anyway, even if they're going to use these trees for the Abu Dazarab, there's other trees that they could have used. Which means these are not the only trees left in the world. A person's only if the sin could not have been done without him. Here, even though I'm selling him the trees, they can go get other trees, which means the trees are available, and therefore it's not because of me that they're serving the Abu Dazara necessarily. Therefore, I'm uh, selling it to them, and therefore there is no uh, problem. He used the concept of the Rov.
Okay, let's let Mephashim explain over here. Mephashim say, I'll just back to the tax issue, which is it's a machlokan amongst the Rishonim, exactly which, uh, which Tamidahim are exempt from taxes. Some want to say only somebody that's Turato Manuto, and that's learning uh, full time. Okay? So he writes over here, He only works enough to support himself, so not to become wealthy, and any extra time he has, he studies Torah, he's exempt from the taxes uh, as well. But someone would say, no, the only one that's exempt from the taxes is he's learning full time, and doesn't work uh, at all. Okay? Uh, in any event, Correct. So it says, uh, no, not, uh, not, 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 not in this country. Right? It says he had a certain field, uh, forest. So he sold it uh, to the Avodah Zarah people. So it says, So they worship the fire. But the Mepharesh explained, you know, they were going to use the wood of the tree to make idols to put in front of the Wood. So it's about exactly how these guys worship the uh, Avodah Zarah. Um, so they want to prove over here, You can't lend a Bet Avodah Zarah money when you know that they're going to use your money to go uh, build the Bet Avodah Zarah. Or to sell them, uh, sell them stuff. Because here, it was, wasn't if they, because they could have got the stuff uh, from, uh, from somewhere else. If they don't stipulate what they're taking the money for, you can lend them. Like we said over here, maybe they're using the money for themselves. You don't know what they're using. As long as they didn't stipulate, we need money to build the Bet Avod Azarah, the Nemukei Yosef wants to say uh, it's okay. Then the Rajpa wants to say, Even for the Bet you can lend them. The kippah, the, the dome, or the, the area where they put Avodah Zarah Mamash, that's already Meshemesh Avodah. But the house itself is considered a shimush of a shimush. They are too far removed, and definitely says it's uh, permissible. Uh. In any event, again, in this case over here, it's not the same They could have done it anyway. Why did they go somewhere else? That's not my problem. If I have a, uh, a store, and I'm selling, uh, 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 um, I'm selling food, so the question is, can I open up on, uh, on uh, a fast day? Well, if they're there, the Jew's going to come in now and he's going to eat. If he doesn't come to me, he can go to 101 different stores to get food. So therefore, if I'm the only food source in the world, then you're right. Uh, I'm causing the guy as a stomach block. But if uh, not, not. Uh, selling uh, clothes that are not uh, tziniut and things like that. You're not the only one selling these clothes. Somebody else can go, uh, go down the block and get the same, uh, same item. So therefore, the Fnei Ved is very limited. You can't say every guy that's you know, selling something that's not uh, according to 100% the halakha and he's over in the Fnei Ved. First of all, it's Rav Goyim. And second of all, if the Jew goes in there, he could have went somewhere else. So therefore, it's not, a, it's not an issue. Okay, next Mishnah. Nitin. Okay, so a person comes along and says he's making a neder. For example, let's give the, the simple example we've been giving till now. I'm not going to drink wine, right? I'm not going to drink wine until the until the reaping season. So what does that mean? So it means wheat. Stam means the reaping of 
wheat. The Ran says Deha who the Hashidu the inch we call the Kitsir Setam. That's what people call Kitsir Setam. Ava Luxir Seurim. Rabadat Ksir Seurim. Now Hakol the Fim Makum Nidro. It all goes according to the place where he made the nether. So look at the Ran. Hakol the Fim Makum Nidro, Kilomar. Mistama bechol makom mikri ketsir ketsir hitim. Which means mistama you can assume in every place when you say the word ketsir, the reaping, it means wheat. Aval im bemkom the drod gilul the kol ketsir seorim ketsir setam. But if let's say he's in a place where you say ketsir, they mean barley. I call the fim makom the drod. Right, then it goes according to the place. Which we know that rule already. Nedarim goes the vernacular. Now we know it goes according to the place. Veken amir imaya behar behar. Which is if you made the nether in the mountainous region, so it follows the kitsir of the mountainous region. You go go to the reaping season in the mountain. Even though it's if he makes a nether, he goes out to the valley. The and the reaping of the valley reached. Since it's not reached the reaping of the mountainous region, I go to the place. And I go back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah says that. Bahar, Kama, Bahar. Which means if you make the Nether on the mountain, you got to follow the, the, the mountainous region. The Imayabi Bekaah, you're in the valley, the Bekaah. So it all goes according to the place where you are. Now, if a person says like this, Ad Hagishamim. Guy says, I'm making a nether, I'm not going to drink wine until the rains. Ad gishamim. So it says, Ad gishamim. Or he says, until the rains happen, right? Until Ad gishamim. Ad shetered So when he says language, gishamim, it means the second period of rains. We're going to learn in the Gemara, there's different periods of the rainy season. So when he says in plurality, gishamim, he means... Until the second period. Rabban Shemom Gamliel Lomer Achigia Zmanash Ledevi'ah. Rashbag learns different. It doesn't have to actually rain. He holds when a guy says, I'm not going to drink wine until the Geshem, it's the date where the second period of rain begins. Okay, so the Machlok Rovirah is, does it have to be actual rain? Or is it a date of a potential? Right? Look at the Ran. Second wide line. Ad gishamim, ad shiu ad gishamim. Until the rain, or until the rains happen, ad shetered v'yashtiya. Gimel's manim hem shel gishamim. Okay, there's three periods of rain, like we learned in Masechet Tanit. V'chozeman karui levi'a. Levi'a means to penetrate, because the rain penetrates the the ground. Avshem shel gishamim v'lovsim ala aret v'ketani demitzar ad shetered v'yashtiya mishum distamashtiya mashma. Which means when a guy says until it rains. The first rain, eh, it's not considered rainy season yet. The last rain already is too much. So therefore he means, uh, when it comes to the Nidarim, he means the second part, right? It doesn't mean to go so early as the first rainy season, the rain period. Now we learned a rule in the last Mishnah, very important rule. Anything that's not Zman Kavua, that has a set time, let's say when it starts or when it ends, so then you, when you make it until this point, it means until it, but not including it, not to the end of it. So the rainy season, again, it's to say you go until it, because the rainy season doesn't have really a, a set time to it, therefore you don't have to go throughout the whole, uh, throughout the whole thing. Okay, next case. Even though he said, Achi Yehu, Achi Don't think it means 
till it finishes. Because since it doesn't have a set ending, you don't have to go to the end, you just go to the beginning. Mishnah. I'm not going to have wine until the rain stops, until the season finishes. That means all the way until the end of the month of Nisan. Until Pesach passes. Okay, now the Gemara explains. Tanya, we have a bright. Okay, let's say the guy made a neder on the kayets. Kayets again, we say the figs. Tell the fig believes in the Galil. He's in the north of Israel. And then after his neder, he went down to the, to the valley, to the south. Even though the kites reached it in the valley, because we looked at our Mishnah, goes according to the place where he made his neder. So he made it in the Galil, so you got to follow the Galil time. Aye, but he went down to the south, doesn't matter. Okay. This is between Rashbag and the Hachamim that say what? Hachamim say when a guy says Gishamim, it means until the second period when it starts raining. According to Rashbag, he says no, according to the date of the second period, even though it did not rain yet. The, that mahluk is only because he said the language Geshamim. However, Aval Amar Ad Geshem. If he said just Geshem, Adzman Geshamim Kamar. Then everybody agrees it's the date, it's the time. Which is Hachamim only say you need actual rain itself when he used the term Geshamim. Why? Because if you just wanted the date, you could have said Ad Geshem. Hachamim say when you added more terminology, Geshamim, you're coming to include something. What are you coming to include in your neder? That's not only the date, I'm not going to drink wine until it actually gets to that period and rains. But if you just said Geshem, everybody agrees it's the date, meaning which date? The second uh, period of the rain. Let's read that in the Dran now. Mahdoket de'amar ad Geshamim. Kilomar. If comes along and gives an explanation. What's the difference So we explain again. Geshamim is an extra terminology that he used. He could have said just Geshem. Why are he saying extra two letters? Geshamim. So we assume that he's coming to include something. What is he coming to include? Not only the date, but it actually has to rain. Whereas Nashbag says no. There's no difference between Geshem and Geshamim. It means the date and not the actual rain itself. Okay. Comes the Gemara and says, We have a question. Okay, now we're going to give you the dates. When is the rainy season? When is the first period of rain? Begimel, that's the third of Heshvan. That's when the rain should start. Benunit, the second uh, period. Beshiv'ah, is on the seventh of Heshvan. Afila, the last period is. Be'aslim ushlosha, devreda bimbi'ir. So the bimbi'ir says the three periods are three, seven, twenty-three. Next sheet, that will be Udawamir Beshiv'ah. So what is that? 7, 17, 23. 
Ub Rosh Chodesh Kislev. So according to him, it's 1723 Rosh Chodesh Kislev. Okay, so basically you have three Shitot. Let's review the three Shitot again. Three, seven, twenty-three. That's the first Shita of Rabbi Meir. Then you have seven, seventeen, twenty-three. And then you have seventeen, twenty-three, Rosh Chodesh, Kislev. V'chel ayah Rabbi Yosei Omer. And we know Rabbi Yosei held like that because he said it in a different place. We learned the Masikat Ta'anit that after a certain period of time, the Tamidah Chamin have to start fasting when there's a drought. So the Biyo says Shita was Ena Yehidim, Yehidim of the Rabbis. Ena Yehidim Mitanim, Ad Shiyagiyah Rosh Chodesh Kislev. So you see what? The last period of rain is Rosh Chodesh. If it doesn't rain by Rosh Chodesh Kislev, now already you start the fasting. So you see the Biyo says consistent to his opinion. So the Gemara says over there, Pishtam, now what do I have to know these periods for? Which means that we're not discussing over here Stam dates. You're telling me 7, 17, 23. What do I care if I know these dates or not? So the Gemara says, no. There is value to know these numbers. Why? You know what you have to know the first period? To start saying Baruch Aleinu. So I got to know when is the rainy season begin so I know when to start praying for rain. And I got to know the third period because if it doesn't rain by that period, you got to start instituting the fasts. But the second period, nobody really got to know it for. The Shinia is on the 23rd. So what? So the Gemara says, And makes like our case in the Mishnah. A guy makes a neder, I'm not drinking one till the Gishamim. So Gishemim is mashma, not the first rain period, because that's not rain, that's not so much. Not the third, that's already excessive. And that means the second verse. You gotta know the date, nafkamina, for a person that's making a medir. Ve'amrin and ala. And they said, Keman azla hadetanya. We have a blaita. The blaita says the following. Rabban Shimon Megamniel Omer. Gishemim shiyadu shiv'ayamim ze'aharze. If you have rain, let's say. Where it rains seven days in a row, you get the first period and the second period. Seven days rain in a row, two periods are knocked off. The first two exactly. Who can that be like Iman? Can it be Yosef? Now let's analyze why. According to Rabbi Meir, how many days are between the first period and the second period? Four days, three and seven. So you don't need seven days of rain in a row to get two periods. Three and seven is four days. Mm-hmm. According to the next shita, it's seven and seventeen. Ten days. It's ten days difference. So if it rains seven days in a row, you're not going to have two periods that you covered. Mm-hmm. So who is the only shita that it can be? When it says if it rains seven days in a row, you cover period number one and period number two, it's got to be the Biyoseh. Because to him it's what, 17, 23. So if it rains from the 17th to the 23rd, seven days straight, the Hadush is what? Even though it didn't stop in between, it's considered already you fulfilled the... Uh, two uh, two uh, periods. Oh, so now the question the Gemara is asking a question because the Gemara is saying that what to be considered. Rabbi uh, Zira made a statement. What? What do you need the second period for? The second period you need to know for a guy makes a neder, right? Guy makes a neder. You know you go until the the second uh, the second time. Good. Now, Rabban Shemom Gamliel holds you don't have to actually have rain. Let's remind ourselves of the Shita and the Mishnah. 
he holds, when a guy makes a nidr ad gishamim, it means until the date. Oh. Which means until, uh, whatever, the 23rd of uh, Hajvan. Whether it rains or not, that's already considered the date. So he comes along, the comes along and says like this. For me, you have to know the second period of rain just by date. So I don't care if it rains or not. But according to you rabbis, that say it actually has to rain itself, so you should know that when it rains seven days in a row, so seven days in a row is considered the second period. Don't think that it's all considered, it's got to stop in between and start again. So long as it rains, seven, even if it rains from 70 to 23, when the 23 comes, it's considered already the second period, and therefore if a guy made a neder, he's by the second period already. Oh, but what do you see over here? That we're assuming, we're assuming, and this is the Gemara's question, that this is referring to where the guy said, I'm making a neder adageshim. Now we just learned that when he says adageshim, everybody agrees it doesn't have to actually rain. It's enough to reach the date. So why is Rashbag coming along and saying that a person uh, made a neder, adageshim, right, until the rain? So if it rains seven days in a row, you know you got to the uh, second period. What do you mean? I thought you said Adageshim. You don't have to have it to rain, according to everybody. When you say Adageshamim, then we say we have a Mahlok at Rashbag and Tarakama. Rashbag comes along and says, still you don't need the rain itself. It just has to be the day. But Hachamim come along and say, Geshemim, it has to actually rain. So we're assuming that Rashbag came along and said, I know you argue with me, and uh, you hold what? That it actually has to rain. But at least admit to me that if it rains seven days in a row, it's considered already the second period, and therefore, the neder, you said until the second period, so the neder is mekuyam until that point. So the Gemara's question, but what do you mean? If you're talking about where the guy said Geshem, it's only a date. It's only a date, so it doesn't have to rain at all, not for two days, not for seven days. So the Gemara says, Amar Geshemim. So we're talking about a guy where he said Adagishamim. Which is if he said Adagishamim, that's the context of Nashbag's thing. Nashbag is saying like this. For me, there's no difference between Adagishim or Adagishamim. To me it's always date. Date. Twenty-third of Hajman. That's the quote of the let's say. Twenty-third of Hajman, once that thing reaches, yeah. the date is over. But you, Hakamim, then hold on, it's gotta actually rain. Now, granted, if you said Adagishim, it's a date, no problem. But if you said Adagishamim, so it's not enough to reach the 23rd. It has to be actually raining. So at least admit that if it rains seven days in a row, that's considered. You're from 70 to 23, you're going to consider it that the second period already began. Oh, so therefore, okay, fine, you'll be more dead to me to that. But what do you see over here? There's a difference between Geshem and Geshem. That's the way the Ran uh, understands. Look at the last Ran. In the last Ran of it, it uh, starts with the Amar. It's like uh, one, two, three, four, five lines before they get wiped in the down itself. Damar biyudzayin, it's a biyosei, right? Biyosei says seventeen. Chav gima. The ilu rabbi meir lekazayin yimim ben nishlan l'shenia. The ilu rabbi yudah ikatafe, which is for sure the seven day rules can only fit according to the biyosei. Because the first shita says there's only four days between, right? Three and seven, and the second shita says seven seventeen. Right. Only shita has seven days between number one and number two is the biyosei. The Rashbag the Devrahim the Rabbanan Kama. Rashbag was making a statement like this. Lady D, look up Dina Benoder be that Gishim Klal. For me, it doesn't have to rain at all. Ela bismanam. I go with the date. Ela lididchu. According to you rabbis, need the kabdi to be ridam mamash. You have to say it actually rains. Or do li mihat. At least admit to me 
דף הפישט חלת ירידתן הייתה מתחולת רביעה ראשונה ולא פסקו and it went straight from the רביעה ראשונה רביעה ראשונה seven days straight אפילו האחי עודו לי כיוון שנמשיכו על רביעה שנייה תורת רביעה שנייה עליהם ושלים לזמן נדרה It means that one long reign would consider that you got to the second period. Oh, and we're thinking at this point that the guy said Adageshim. That's a normal way a person says. If you tell me that when a guy says Geshim, it means the date. Admit to me. What does it admit to me? Umay iriya yardum. If you know you have to come, what does the Bashbach say? Admit to me, at least if it rains all seven days, it's a, even if it doesn't rain. Right. If the guy said Geshem, it's the 23rd. Regardless. Right? That means you're coming to include more. What are you coming to include? Not the only the date, rain. but the actual rain, rain itself. Oh, so all Ashbag was saying, admit to me at least <laughs> that if the guy said Gishamim and your hold has got to be the second, uh, the second of Yah, and it's got to rain, but admit to me a seven day long rain puts you in the second period of the rain. <laughs> <laughs>